Welcome to Love, Honor, and Asperger's, a podcast for partners in autistic or narcissistic relationships. Join author April Anderson and her guests as they delve into their personal experiences and offer their insight. With wisdom and wit, this podcast will provide listeners with invaluable guidance, unwavering support, and compelling real-life stories. Ready? Let's dive in. Hello, my Cassandra brothers and sisters. Welcome to Love, Honor, and Asperger podcast. And today my guest is Michelle Carbone. Gabone. Carbone. Carbone. <laughs> so hard to pronounce. Anyway, so Michelle has made big changes in her professional and personal life, which takes a lot of determination, guts, and motivation. And I think a lot of us want to do those things, but we just don't ever do it. We dream about it. We think about it. We ruminate about it, but we just stay stuck. So I'm really proud of Michelle and hope a lot of us can learn from her. Now, Michelle, first, I think we would be nice to talk about your marriage since this is an Asperger podcast. Yeah. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. And we're anxious to hear what you can tell us. Oh, thanks for having me. So I'll try to just summarize, but ask me questions. So I met my husband when I was 21. So very young. He was 28. He was already divorced. (laughs) Not a red flag to me because I was young and dumb. We actually worked together and I would say he's, you know, I know some of us talk about some of them are the good ones. And I would say overall, he was a good one. He was Generally, especially at first when he was masking, you know, was kind and Mm. we got along. He's very intelligent. He knows something about everything, you know, so he was sort of, you know, I didn't now looking back, you know, it was like I didn't have a close relationship with my father. So I think it was sort of that I wanted this male guide, you know, this leader in my life. And he took that role on beautifully. And he was also, you know, in hindsight, a lot like my sister where, you know, eventually started noticing the meltdowns and things. But he, you know, overall, I'd say 85% of our marriage was good. I mean, he's not a bad person. He just, you know, has Asperger's and, you know, would do the gaslighting and and verbal abuse got worse as, Mm. you know, our marriage went on. A lot of my family didn't tell me until after I left, (laughs) but would say they were like, oh, he didn't like how he talked to you or, you know things like that. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe you should have talked to me more about like exactly what you were seeing because I couldn't see it myself. And I think he said I changed after I had a hysterectomy, which would have been five years ago. So that may have been the start of things that we, as our marriage went on, you know, sex became a problem. And, you know, I love sex and I'd have it every day if I could. So when it went to having maybe once a year, once every two years, that was a problem. And eventually I was considering leaving and he just, he agreed to go to counseling and it didn't really do what I wanted it to, but he did start making an effort. So we we would have sex like once a week, but it just, the connection just wasn't there. He didn't share himself with me really. Like we, uh, I remember we were at a party one time and I overheard him talking to this guy and he was talking about how he has synesthesia. So mm-hmm. when he hears music, 
he sees color. And I thought that was amazing. I'm like, how freaking cool is that? Yeah, like, that's, right. a, that's a very interesting experience that you're having and you didn't share it with me. Unbelievable. And we would have fights about, he was a photographer, and he was a musician, photographer, you know, very creative, but he would edit his photos a certain way and I didn't care for it in the use for my business purposes because we would travel together. I was a travel agent. I owned a travel agency for almost 25 years and I would, but I needed to show my clients Here's what this looks like. Really, okay. it's not edited. You know, this is what this whatever oh, looks like, right? <laughs> right? They don't want right. to see an edited picture. They want to know what it really looks like. And so I was. We got in this huge fight one time because I wanted the pictures unedited, and oh, it was just so offensive to him. But later, years later, he explained to me the way he edited his pictures is how he sees the world, how oh, the world gosh. looks to that him. That is very interesting, right? And so right. I was like. You know, if you just told me that, I, you know, so there was just a lot of communication problems mostly, but I, as I, COVID happened and travel industry was, you know, ravaged by that. And I was literally crying every day, just oh, miserable. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was terrible getting yelled at for things that weren't your problem and all that stuff. And so I decided to sell and I was looking for my next thing. Eventually I found RTT and I knew that was like, okay, that's my calling. I'm going to be a healer. As I, as you go through training, you're healing yourself. Right. And I realized, oh, I married my sister. Okay. okay. Because, you know, growing up, she has, um, she's ADHD and SPD, so sensory processing disorder. And I couldn't be loud. And I'm a loud person. I've realized, <laughs> you know what? I'm a loud person. It just is. I don't, you know, maybe because I never felt heard. I don't know. But I can be loud, but as a child, I had to walk on eggshells right. and keep myself down, keep myself quiet. You know, I would hide in my closet a lot. Oh, and <laughs> so I realized, oh, I, you know, I married someone that made me feel the same way that I had exactly. to walk on eggshells with, right? Like I was afraid of meltdowns. What's he going to, you know, he's going to break something because it's pissing him off. And I was like, shit, I married my sister. Okay, this is interesting. So as I was going through this, I was like, oh, I, wow, do I even want to be married to him? Is, is he the right person for me? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, as Cassandra's, I think we, we lose our self-trust and we, exactly. we, we just, we don't trust ourselves because they question us all the time. I told my ex that I was like, I feel like I have to have a dissertation available to defend whatever I'm saying if it's not something you already agree with. Wow. Like if it's some interesting idea, like I wanted to talk about how I think elephants can telepathically talk to each other. Cause I think elephants are amazing and I watch a ton yeah, of elephant cool, videos right. and they're so cool. And he was like, no, they don't. Oh, I'm like, geez. okay, well, can we, it's is fun to talk about. Like elephants are so amazing. So just things like that. Or he would tell me how I, what I thought of things instead of asking, like we always had this, he would never listen either. We had this thing about Lord of the Rings. I don't like watching violence. I'm just not a person who enjoys that. I don't like watching war movies or anything. I don't like that. either. I can't. Yeah, it just it's mm-hmm. too disturbing to me. me so too. I've watched all of the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit with him because he's into that stuff. But I will watch it once and then I'm good. I don't need to see all of that fighting. If you could give me Lord of the Rings without those parts, I would enjoy it. I would watch it. It's a good story. But we were with friends and he was like lord of the rings comes up and he's like oh michelle hates lord of the rings and i was like no i don't hate lord of the rings 
I just don't enjoy watching violence. So, you know, there's a difference. There's subtleties that he couldn't understand from, you know, what I was experiencing and wasn't really open to hearing about it either. So he just... They don't care that much. Or he would... I don't know if your ex did this, but like he would... I would be in the kitchen doing something and then he has to come in and help me, quote unquote. But really, he's just telling me how to do things when I don't want to do them that way. I want to do things how I want to do them. And I'm the one doing it. So just leave me the fuck alone and let me do what I'm doing, you know? So it was just a lot of that kind of little nitpicky things. And I think, you know, he had a very traumatic childhood. So I'm sure some of it came from that. His parents were both not great at all. So, you know, but the thing that sealed the deal for me was as I was going through my training, I ended up doing intuitive coaching. So you're working on, you know, your intuition and and energy and Mm -hmm. all of that kind of thing. And and I would try to talk to him about it because I, you know, I felt like, okay, if we're going to stay married, I need to be able to share this part of myself. That's my whole self, basically, exactly. <laughs> with you. Uh-huh. And he was working on himself. You know, he was actually talking to his father again in a way to basically notice things in his father that were in him and using right, his father. Right. Who, well, his father's a nar- yeah, right. And his father's a narcissist. Oh, dear. So noticing the things in his father that, he did so that he could work on stop doing them, right? right? Well, that's a step. And I was like, this is great. So yeah. he he noticed something and I was like, oh, okay, well, in that vein, I've noticed this, mm-hmm. you know, if we can work on that. And he was like, oh, okay, well, I would like you to stop talking about the energy stuff with me. And I was like, oh, oh, oh geez. That's, okay. Uh, well, that's you know, I call, in your coffin. It's, it's, I call that my book, I have a, maybe even two chapters on it. I call it spirit killing. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want he didn't believe in energy. He didn't. And I'm like, well, it's been proven to look at Bruce Lipton, but you know, whatever, but I can't be intimately no involved support, with someone no who, support. yeah, who doesn't want to at least, isn't at least willing to hear about it. So that was sort of the nail in the coffin. And I, one of my friends, actually I had a couple people, but one of my, actually he's my boyfriend now, but he was, we were cool. talking about stuff and he had been around us. So he had seen some of the verbal abuse. And he himself, my friend, had previously, you know, a, a few years earlier, gone through that himself, where he had become an abuser verbally, and had worked on it. And right. so he knew the signs and, and like the subtleties oh to verbal abuse. Oh. So he was like, he was telling me, he was like, well, he goes, you know, I had another friend that was being verbally abused, mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. And I was like, wait, another friend? So, i.e., I'm being verbally abused. Right. What? And it just, wow. it was shocking to me because we don't realize we're being abused. No. That mm-hmm. these subtle things, you know, so many of us think abuse is being hit or, right. you know, whatever. And it's like these subtle things are abuse too. And not that he was trying to abuse me. It's just who he was. My ex, I call my ex former because people think former is more polite. Mm. He went along or understood. I don't know what he really understands about any of it. But the part he absolutely detested was being called a verbal abuser. Oh yeah, and when I, I never, I never said him. it to him to mine. I, read, I, just... I showed him the book, and and I sat him down one night and said, "Look at this stuff." And when I read it, I was I was just shocked. I mean, I was so depressed. I thought he's my enemy. He's not my friend, really? right? He's not and trying they... to be. He's competitive. He's you know. And I'm reading uh, this thing by Patricia Evans, her book, "The Verbal Abusive Relationship," and. All those tactics, you know, like the memory, the forgetting and the blaming and the 
the gaslighting. Oh, so it's the spirit killing kind of thing. And the, uh, just on and on and all that stuff. And the gaslighting kind of thing. And I was just shocked. And he, now my guy actually seemed to know he did that. You know, he, mine and I never talked about that. I mean, he would say, I mean, there were times he got very, very depressed and had very high anxiety at a point oh. close to when I like a year before mm-hmm. he finally got treatment. Right. But, you know, he was like, I wouldn't blame you if you left me. Like, you know, I wouldn't hold it against you because I know oh, I hate I'm hearing not, that. I hate it. Yeah. You're going to so leave was, me anyway. My marriage and, is anyway. Yeah. And well, and they, uh, you know, I've found a lot of them seem to have this perspective or perception that the universe is out to get them. He would repeatedly say that the universe is out to get, mm. get him. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's it's what you're putting out. You're getting back, like right. you know, work on you. And I'm like, because I'm in the same space as you. And aside from our issues, like I really have very blessed life. Like I always found beauty in my life. I always found right. positivity in my life, even if it just had to be, you know, relationships with my friends or you know, going and doing things. I for a while, I I let him, you know, keep me as a homebody, and then. You know, I started going out and having fun and right. he didn't, he would go with me sometimes, but he wouldn't want to stay out as late. And I'm like, I'm a night owl. I, I enjoy staying up late and talking. I mean, <laughs> there were times I wouldn't come home till four or five in the morning because I'm with my friends and we're just talking. Right. And, you're, and it was, you were young. I mean, you were, I mean, I thought I was, I was 27, I guess, when I got married. Oh yeah. I was 22 when but we got married. But you were only 22. Yeah. So I, and you know, growing up, it's like you're especially you know if you're raised in any sort of organized religion it feels like you're kind of okay you're gonna get married and have children and you know I was a senior in high school before I realized oh you don't have to have children what you can get married and not have children oh my gosh you can what it was mind-blowing to me and I was like all right I don't want children Right. And so that was part of the appeal of him is he didn't want children. Well, see, you get, he, that's, that's an important thing when you're, with, you know, when you're trying to decide on those things. Oh, yeah. So I, it was interesting to like, that was one of our things was right. we both didn't want to have children because he, the mass amount of mental illness in his family. And then there was a lot in my family, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, we didn't want to pass that down to a child. So let's not have one. And so we didn't, but it was. When I getting the, I actually had left him three years or so it's been four years ago now for a month, but then that codependency kicked in, you know, and Mm -hmm. I just, I I even, I had moved out for like a week. (laughs) Wow. We started like that. We started for three days here. And if I got really upset, he'd go to the hotel and then we we did four months once. And yeah. Right. They say the average number of times you separate before you get divorced is like seven or eight times. No kidding. Or something. Yeah. So, but yeah, that codependency kicked in and, and things were better for a while. I mean, we did, you know, get along mostly, but it was really the not allowing me to be who I was authentically. You know, he didn't want to hear about who I was authentically. So I was like, I'm done. You know, I, yeah. and when you're doing the kind of therapy that I do, I mean, it's, you need to be authentic. Right, exactly. Right, like that's that's what hypnotherapy is about. Like being, why not be our authentic self? You know, why be, why be? You know, I what I I didn't lose my self esteem because I had a my parents did 
have problems with with alcoholism and all that kind of stuff. We talk about codependency and yeah, stuff like that. But still, they they just thought I was wonderful. <laughs> I mean, they just told me I was so great and I could do everything. And 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 yeah. as much as he would, um, you know, say use the word beat you down, but you know, I'd be excited. Look at the sunset. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know. I had to. You know, I just never. I didn't notice so much that I wasn't getting support from him. I just got it from within myself or my parents and they were still alive. But, yeah. But I turned into an awful, like I never used the F-bomb. That's what I would say. I mean, back then now it's sort of you know, prevalent, but back when I was, right. I mean, I turned into like a witch. That's what I hated the most about what happened to me. Yeah. It's just, yeah. you know. Well, and we have to, you know, we feel like we have to defend ourselves all the time, right? Like they're always questioning what we're doing and in a way that, you know, and I think there's a lot of just communication perception differences and, you know, they think they're saying things in a way that is clear and they're not. And we think we're saying things in a way that's clear and we're not, you know, we we probably are. We don't speak the (laughs) same language, you know, we just don't speak the same language. And I was just like, I, okay. But I, I, you know, when I left, when I first left, my intention was because I'd been doing all this work on myself. One of the books I had read, I was in doing that work. I was like, okay, I think we could maybe work through this, but we have to start over. We need a fresh, mm. we need a clean slate. So I need right. to move out. I'll live separately. Right. We'll date, you know, we'll kind of try to re know each other, you know, just yeah. like start over. And he didn't want to do that. Mm. And so I was like, you know what? That's probably good because, you know, I, right. he was probably right. Yeah, I mean, you can he was try. Right. Yeah. But it was just, so yeah, I was like, okay. And I, for the longest time, I would really, I would wish for him to find another person that he liked more than me, that he, you know, he had, everyone was like, oh, Marlon loves you so much. Oh God. You know, he, <laughs> he's, he, you know, he, oh, he loves, and I'm like, well, I wouldn't know. I mean, yeah, he says, I love you, but I don't feel loved. Right, he doesn't, feel he doesn't do things that make me feel loved. He doesn't touch me, uh, you know, touches my love language. And he knows that. Can you imagine not being uh, touched? This is what people don't understand. It sucks. They see us together all those years. And, and I've said, I, I said, he, I said, does you see him touch me or look in my eyes or give me a little peck on the cheek or put his arm around me? No, you don't see yeah. that. He's uh, occasionally he would get in the mood where he would, but. At home alone, you know, he was playing video games. He was disconnecting. And mm-hmm. I get it. He was depressed. He was anxious. He wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't getting what I needed either. Well, so you, don't wanna, you don't want to go through your whole life. But so so how many years were you actually together? We were married 24. And you started so young. So you're still young. Yeah, you're still, yeah I'm 47 now. <laughs> lucky for you. You're still. And, and so what did he say? See, my husband, when I finally said we weren't living together, I was still getting triggered. I felt like I wasn't moving forward. He'd come yeah. over and his watch would go, which meant time to go golf. That was my guy. Gone all the time. Never home. And yeah. I thought, well, I don't need this. I don't need him stopping in to get his mail and saying two things and tooting off and then me feeling that same empty, you know, sadness. So I finally said to him, I'm going to do this divorce thing. Yeah. For us, yeah. it was him. I mean, I, you know, I sat him down. And I was just like, I think we should separate, blah, blah, blah. And then he messaged me and just was like, I don't want to work on this. And I was mm. like, you know, basically. And I was like, okay. And he basically gave me the silent treatment for a while. 
after I moved out, we basically kept communication to electronic. So text or message, which was better, you know? So he's like, we got to figure out the finances. And I had handled the money always. So, you know, I had to figure out all that. And like, but that's power, that's power that you have that a lot of women didn't have. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was very blessed. It was very amicable. You know, we still share our Netflix and Hulu (laughs) (laughs) login. So, and he, you know, like we had two dogs and three cats. I kept one cat because I, you know, have a tiny apartment. But he said he was going to move back home to where his father lived and buy a house there and all that. So we sold the house we had here. It took a while. So he was kind of stuck here in limbo, which was, you know, I even took him to the airport when he, when he flew to go look at houses. Of course, he had to get some digs in at me when he came back because he met somebody that was kind of a, we'll just say, you know, a new agey kind of person that believes in numerology and stuff. And he called them like craziest crackers or something like that. And I was like, I was like, oh, thanks for the little dig. I appreciate that. I just let it slide because I'm like, you know what? You're not my problem anymore. He had a meltdown one day. I can't remember if it was before I picked him up for the airport or once he got back, but had a meltdown. And I was just like, this is why I'm leaving. It's because of it. So you have those little moments or the times where everything seems fairly normal. And then you get reminded yeah. Yeah. Cause it was, and that was the thing. That's why you walk on eggshells. You're like, I don't want to say the one little tiny stupid thing that's going to create a meltdown I know. and and that I'm going to, I mean, I got yelled at one time because I talked too softly, but the oh, night before I'd been yelled at for talking too loud. Oh, dear. And so he's yelling at me because like, well, you can talk loud when you're talking to your friends, but then he talks soft when you talk to me and da, 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 da. And I was just, and he was like raising his voice, lowering his voice. And I was oh, just sitting awful. there like, Okay. That, that, that's, a, that, that's just enough to make it so stressed and nutty. It, yeah. It's just, you just never know what's going to start. You just it don't off. know. I used to think to myself, way before I even knew about Asperger's or anything, I think if I only knew what I said was going to upset him, I, I wouldn't have said it. Exactly. I have said it, but I don't know what it is that it's going exactly. to do it. And, and nobody else would have flipped out, probably. Exactly. You know, I, yeah. I should say, probably, they wouldn't have. Well, so, they everything's an attack. You know, every, everything's an attack. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not criticizing. I'm, this is just how I feel or this is what I'm noticing. And so, and now that I'm in the place I'm at, you know, I'm like, you know, we all have these different perceptions of things. And if we can just be open to, you know, okay, that's your perception. This is my perception. It's not a personal thing. Based on my life history, that's all I have to go on. This is what I think is going on can you tell me your you know if we could just come to a, a place of hey here's my perspective here's what i'm seeing tell me what you're saying and here's my perspective and here here's where i'm coming from and come into that space in a more neutral mode you know in a, right. not in from anger or anything you know high emotion and just go okay i want to come from curiosity and a desire to understand right. but i don't know that a lot of them have that capability or are willing to realize that they don't have that capability. <laughs> you know, my, 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 he wouldn't want to. Really. Yeah. It's a lot of effort. He, he really wouldn't want to. You know, it's so. a lot of effort. So it's yeah, been I, interesting. I they lose the control or a lot of them have OCD. Some yeah, part of you know. themselves. Uh, you know, he would, yeah. he wouldn't want to, because I would say, you know, I didn't know if this would upset you, even though I have these thoughts on something, you can, 
tell me what you think. Same thing you're saying. Yeah. Then yeah. we didn't get anywhere on that, really. No, a lot of times it was like, oh, you're just going to hate me, you know, or. You don't listen to you, me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's interesting how that works. But yeah. So I was, I'm definitely, you know, I think we never stop trying to heal from these wounds that okay. we get even from childhood. Before, but, before we talk about the oh, yeah. RTT though, how is, how is your ex, is he, did he move away and you don't see? Yeah. So he bought a house and he let me know when our dog, which I got distracted from that story. So yeah, he let me know when the dog went to the ER, you know, so he keeps me updated on the animals. Right. Nice. But we really very rarely now, now that the divorce is final, you know, we don't really have any reason to talk. We're still yeah. friends on Facebook, but you know, he's not in my feed. I'm sure I'm not in his. So, you know, he'll probably have another marriage. that won't be good. I hate to say, it. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, he's definitely, he's already dating. You know, the first time I left him, he got on Tinder and, oh, you know, like two weeks after I left. God. So, you know, and even did the paid version. I was like, dang. And <laughs> I'm like, I was like, but I don't think he realized it was just, you know, Tinder's just a hookup place. Like he, he would not do well on that. A lot of scammers on there. So he's, I think he's doing well. I wish him well. I mean, I wish my, I wish I didn't see my guys from Minnesota and I'm in Delaware. I just kind of wish I didn't see him. I do see him. We have family things or we have businesses still that we work on. And my son's here. It's easier on everybody just to somehow communicate. And, you know, I don't think the man really understands that, Hey, I'm old. I'm alone. It's your fault. <laughs> you know, he just going on his merry way. He says, I take everything in stride. But so I want to know is, did you go through this rapid transformational therapy yourself or how did you become interested? Yeah. Well, I was looking for what I wanted to do next after selling the travel agency. So I really just, and I've all, I like as a younger person when I was in college, yeah, I majored in psychology but I realized I'm not a school person. Mm-hmm. I don't like school. I don't like having to take do classes that have nothing to do with what I want to do with my life. And I get it, but like also bleh. And All so right. I had actually taken a year off school and then I was a bill collector for a while. Then I <laughs> I ended up in travel and, and I was very good at it. I mean, my travel agency was very successful. Wow. It still is quite successful with the new owner. But I just, I've always been interested in healing. I was always a person that my friends would come to for, wow. you know, the chats and help and support. Although I, at that point, wasn't always necessarily doing it in a healthy way for myself. You know, now I have better boundaries. But mm. so I, I was looking for different things. And one of the, my interests was psychedelic medicine, but I could not find anything. <laughs> I couldn't find any courses, but I landed, I found RTT or RTT found me and I saw Marissa Pierce speaking and, you know, watched some of her videos. And, you know, if you haven't watched her, she's just amazing person. I just a light in the universe. And so I decided to have an RTT session myself Mm -hmm. to see, okay, is this something I want to do? This person, did she create this? Yeah. So Marissa created RTT. So it's sort of a combo of hypnosis, CBT, which is cognitive therapy and NLP. And so, and some other stuff that she's kind of worked through, you know, she's, I think she's in her sixties or seventies. So she's been doing this for a very long time. So she was like, I learned something from every client and it's true. I mean, 
the therapist I am now compared to who I was when I first started doing RTP is very different. But I had that session and I was, you know, kind of in awe of the shift that I noticed in myself, even just the next day, you know, that is wonderful. Yeah. So that was sort of the start of me valuing myself more than other people Mm -hmm. because no one's going to value you more than you. And they shouldn't. We should all value ourselves the most, right? It's where society kind of programs us to be martyrs, especially as women. But you don't need to be a martyr. You're allowed to say no. You're allowed to to not do things you don't want to do. So I I had these shifts in myself. I signed up for the training like immediately after. And I ended up, I moved to Mexico for two months after I sold the travel agency. So like it was in October, I signed up and the end of December was like the last part of the travel agency. So in order to not get sucked in, back into travel because I knew I would want to help because January is such a terrible time for travel. Like it's busy and you're like, I would work 60, 70, 80 hours a week. I moved to Mexico for two months, got a condo, just, you know, my goal was to focus on training and focus on healing. And that's what I did. I met some amazing women who I'm still friends with today. And you know, so Cabo and the Baja is sort of my second home now. And it was a very transformative trip. My ex was not like, we were still married then, obviously. And he wasn't always doing great when I was gone. But, you know, he was supportive in a lot of ways. Like he, you know, when I told him what I wanted to do, he said, Mm -hmm. well, you know, you do what you think you need to do, you know, and I know he wasn't happy with it. But we talked every day, you know, I would say when you get home from work, you know, give me a call or whatever. Mm-hmm. We talk video chat. So he worked at home. So it's more like when you get off, when you're done working, <laughs> right. you know, we would video chat for a bit, but that trip really was amazing. I'm because I met so many incredible women who was very spiritual and sort of, you know, I could have these discussions about energy and spirit and the universe and all that fun stuff with and enjoy time decompressing. I was very burnt out. I realized from travel and mm-hmm. burnout difficult to recover from. There's times I still experience some of the ramifications of burnout from that. And it's been like three years, but it's a process to recover from, I guess. But it's, that was Uh, amazing. So you've already had a couple of clients. Oh yeah. I have, I've had hundreds of clients. And so how do you think this helps particularly all of us that are in, you know, we are other people, there's all kinds of problems everybody has. Yeah. But all of us in relationships. With the Cassandras, it's been interesting. I've had three known Cassandras, I'll say, that I've worked with, but I'm, you know, there's probably more sprinkled in there, you know, and it depends on what they want to focus on. One of the ladies I just worked on, we did a lot of like her anger you know, figuring out where that kind of, some of that came from and the need to people please is a big one with us. You know, where does that come from? Because a lot of it is not coming from them. It's coming from childhood. It's coming from things that we were told when we were young or experiences Mm -hmm. we had when we were young or attachment issues. You know, I mean, I definitely have attachment issues. So, you know, it's coming from those kind of things. So one of the shifts one of my clients told me about that she experienced was she was able to just say her piece mm-hmm. to her husband and let it go because right, she, 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 so she stopped over explaining. 
<laughs> because a lot of us, when, uh, when we we're right, we over explain, we want to be understood. We want to be heard and we aren't going to be. Exactly. So, so being able to go, okay, well, I said it and I'm done and I've let it go and I'm okay with that for her. You know, that was a goal for her. So really with hypnotherapy, the transformation that is created is really about what you want. So it depends on what they wanted, but a lot of it is self-confidence, self-trust. Mm-hmm. A big thing is self-trust. Self-trust, and, yeah, that you and might self-love, right? Self-love too, you know. Yeah. But the self-trust is huge because when you're constantly questioned, then you don't trust yourself, and you don't trust decisions that you're oh, you making, you know? right? So right, exactly. So that's a big thing I help with with uh, our team. Well, um, sure. Before we have, we have just not too much time left, but I was going to ask you, or have you explained two things: mm-hmm. misconceptions about being hypnotized, okay, <laughs> and and the subconscious mind. That's a long discussion. It's a so, lot. It's a lot. Uh, we haven't got very much time. Well, but we'll, you could I'll just... try to, baby. So like misconceptions are, I'm not in control, but you are. A younger girl I was working with started having physical symptoms. And I think it's because there were some deeper issues and wasn't ready to, to see those yet, which is totally fine. So she just woke up, you know, she just opened her eyes and was like, whoa. And I'm like, hey, are you okay? You know, we I comfort her for a while, get her some water because <laughs> she was yeah. an in-person client. You know, so there's times when, you know, the subconscious mind remembers everything. Even I've had clients go to the womb. You know, it remembers everything. And it also wants to protect you. And, there, you know, we form these parts of ourselves. You know, you've probably heard of like doing inner child work. Mm-hmm. And some of that is finding these, little children (laughs) versions of ourselves that, you know, when you were five, this thing happened and you decided something like it's not safe to talk to adults Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, So it's about finding those parts of ourselves that are like, okay, well, if it's not safe to talk to adults when you're an adult, it's not safe to talk to anybody. So like it's going, okay, well, I formed this belief but now that I can see that from not a child's mind, but from an adult mind, I can go, oh, okay, this is what happened. I can trust people. I can express myself. It is safe to tell people how I feel. Right. I, th- I think it, it sounds wonderful that that time. Of th- you can go through cognitive behavioral therapy and all this kind of stuff forever. And Yeah, and hypnosis is sort of that shortcut. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, a lot of clients I've worked with have been in therapy for years. And so exactly. they've done a lot of that conscious work, but then they do the subconscious work right. and they go back to the womb and they they go back. Like I had a client who went back to her mother being, you know, beaten by her father while she was oh, pregnant. Geez. So her mother is just terrified from top to tail and the baby's feeling everything the mom feels. And wow. So she was born in fear. She had fear her whole life. Yeah, it's huge. Now, you want to, before we sign off here, well, you can tell people about the group that you have. Oh, yeah. That's how I first learned about what you were doing. And yeah, you're on on the forums. You have a coffee group? Yeah, so I'm running some Zoom support group for Cassandra's because I just felt like, you know, I'd done a lot of healing for myself and obviously I'm trained <laughs> to heal right. especially you know so it's basically group coaching but it's it's free for June I'm doing two different times and days and then you know we'll kind of see how things go I was running three a week previously for eight weeks but 
it got that was a little bit much for me, um, just time wise. And right, right, that is a lot. Well, how do yeah. people? How would they get on? So are you still open group, for more people? Yeah, right now, definitely. So there's, I have a Facebook group, and it's Cassandra Syndrome Zen Mind. And if you go to my Facebook page, it's Zen Mind Michelle. Or I th- actually, I think the page is Zen Mind Hypnotherapy and Coaching, but the tag is Zen Mind Michelle. So Z E N M I N D M I C H E L L E. So that's my email at Gmail. That's my website. That's my Facebook page. That's my Instagram. <laughs> that's all, well, all the things. Yeah, I, I, your website was nice. I mean, it was really very interesting. Thank you. And people um, should go on and check out some of your stuff, honestly. Yeah. And I I post videos on Instagram. I kind of took a hiatus a little bit, but I have some different just quick healing things like, you know, if you have anxiety or overthinking some things you can do and just different little. Right. I think it'll help everybody, help every Cassandra to go on your Facebook page or on your website. Yeah. Check out the RTT and thank you for your story. And thank you for coming on, Michelle. It was wonderful to have you on today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Okay, Thanks for coming. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please review, subscribe, and tell a friend. My website is www.aprilanderson.net. Remember to trust yourself, be strong, and don't let them get you.